Welcome back to Squared Sports Podcast. Almost this podcast land, Frank. We're now episode 72, everybody. So we're 72 episodes through, and we get an action-packed episode planned for you. Baseball is back. MLB, no more lockout. MLB season will be starting off on April 7th. We already got spring training going on. NFL offseason in full effect. Deshaun Watson, the Browns, we're, we're going to discuss Tom Brady going back to the Buccaneers. Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Aaron Rodgers back to the Packers. So much more. Also, Sweet 16 is set in college basketball. Stay tuned for action-packed episode number 72. Let's hop into it. Let's start for episode 72, how we always do with our headlines in the NFL. Tom Brady is coming back to Tampa Bay, everybody. Now, this is an easy division for him to win. Are they going to beat the Saints twice a year? I know Tom Brady has done terrible against the Saints in at least regular season. I think he's 0-4 against Saints in the regular season's time as Tampa Bay quarterback. But I think they get two wins against them this year. I think the Falcons without Calvin Ridley, without Matt Ryan, with Matt Marcus Mariota as the quarterback. I mean, you're looking at five days ago, they could be a Super Bowl contender with Deshaun Watson. Like they said, they could have maybe got Laird Fournette or AJ Green, all these stars. But now, no, 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 no. I don't know why. I mean, maybe Deshaun Watson should have gone to the Falcons, but Tom Brady, that's an easy division for him to win. Panthers rebuilding. That's an easy division, in my opinion, for Tom Brady to win. This NFC is very, I mean, FC is decreasing at the, I mean, at the second. Aaron Rodgers, pretty much the only other good quarterback in the NFC, you could say. It's Matt Stafford, won the Super Bowl. But a lot of stuff going on in the AFC and NFC right now. The quarterback carousel. Deshaun Watson now in the AFC. Uh, Russell Wilson back in the, now in the AFC with the Broncos. We'll talk more about that later. The Deshaun Watson and the Russell Wilson deals. But Tom Brady is back in Tampa Bay. Russell Wilson going over to the Denver Broncos, everybody. Great deal in the comment section. I'm going to talk about the Russell Wilson, the Sean Watson deals later, but those were two amazing deals. I mean, just crazy. I mean, this is, is this the most blockbuster NFL offseason ever, at least quarterbacks-wise might be, because Tom Brady coming out of retirement, Russell Wilson going over to the Broncos, Deshaun Watson going over to the Browns. I mean, those are two of the biggest quarterback trades of all time, you could say. Matt Ryan going over to the Colts. Does this make the Colts a Super Bowl contender? I think so. I know it's going to be a stacked AFC division, but they're playing a bad division. They're playing the AFC South, where Titans, they can get a game up on them this year. They're going to probably sweep Texans and the Jaguars. So, I think I think this is, I mean, Matt Ryan's going to be their best quarterback since Andrew Luck. He's better than Phillip Rivers. Don't deny that. He's better than Jacoby Brissett. He's better than Carson Wentz, obviously. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. He puts up stats. Now there's rumors that they might get Julio Jones. That's an interesting thing to look out there for. But let's move to the MLB, where we have a bunch of news. This is our first episode talking about baseball since the trade deadline has been back, and there has been so much news in the MLB free agency-wise. Chris Bassett going over to the Mets. I mean, that's going to be a stack rotation for the Mets this year, pitching staff. Jacob DeGrom had a great uh, debut in spring training today, and Chris Bryant signed with the Rockies, everybody. Grade that deal in the comment section. It's an interesting deal, in my opinion, Chris Bryant going to the Rockies. The Rockies, a rebuilding team. They had Nolan Arenado at third base. Now they have Chris Bryant at third base, and it's an interesting deal. My opinion, because like I said, rebuilding team, but he's getting a huge deal. He's seven years, 160 million. He very could got a deal like that from the Mets and played center field for them. But we're gonna talk about uh, maybe a little bit like that later. But Chris Bryant going over to the Colorado Rockies. Trevor Story going over to the Boston Red Sox. So many rumors early in free agency before the lockout that he could go to the Rangers. But then the Rangers picked up Marcus Simeon. Then the Rangers picked up Corey Seager, who are obviously better. Trevor Story, in my opinion, Trevor Story had a good season last year, but the Rockies just let him walk here. But I know they're probably gonna get a first round pick. I mean. First round tenders, they placed that on Trevor Story, and that's why they didn't trade him at the trade deadline. But a lot of stuff going on with Trevor Story right now. Going over to 
Boston Red Sox, more shortstop news. Carlos Correa going over to the Minnesota Twins. Twins are making moves there, but they traded their first-round pick, Chase Buddy, over to the Reds to get Sonny Gray. Now they got Carlos Correa, and they're coming to win, Minnesota Twins. That's what I mean. That's an interesting move, Carlos Correa, maybe trying to get away from the Astros. I mean, every single Astro on that 2018-2019 team, that cheated 2017 team, that whenever they hit free agency, they left and they dipped. George Springer did it. Now Carlos Correa is doing it. I mean, just a lot of stuff going with the Astros, but Carlos Correa going over to the Minnesota Twins everybody. Matt Chapman going over to the Toronto Blue Jays. That's a good deal for both teams in my opinion. Kevin Gosman obviously on the Blue Jays. This is going to be a good Blue Jays team in my opinion. You know, they lost Marcus Simeon, but then they pick up Matt Chapman, who you could argue is better than Marcus Simeon. This is a good deal for both teams in my opinion, but Mark, Matt Chapman going over to the Toronto Blue Jays. That's about it for the headlines this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, it's time for my weekly favorite everybody. You know what it's going to be. It's going to be March Madness, and it's going to be St. Peter's there by Doug Hedder, Shaheen Holloway. What a team he's put together from New Jersey. I saw a thing that John Calipari's salary for this season is triple the amount of St. Peter's basketball budget. But St. Peter's defeats Oscar Shibai, player of the year. He defeats future first-round pick Ty Ty Washington Jr., and he defeats Hall of Fame coach John Calipari. That's, I mean, that's... Insane to see right there. Shaheen Holloway should probably get that uh, Shaheen Hall job when their season ends. Probably going to end the Sweet 16. We're going to pick that game coming up in clutch basketball March Madness, but in the Sweet 16. But Doug Edder, great player for St. Pierce. That was the best thing I saw this week. 15 upsetting it too. That was bigger than Oral Roberts upset, in my opinion. Just what a game that was to see. Oral Roberts obviously, obviously beating Ohio State last year. You got some stars uh, transferring from that team. Kevin O'Banner on Texas Tech now. But this, this I mean... No two seeds safe ever in the NCAA tournament. You could say now one seed's always going to be safe. One seed's are always going to crush 16 seeds. I know Gonzaga was struggling a little bit in the first half against Georgia State, but then they blew them out of the water in the second half. But Kentucky, I mean, St. Peter's wouldn't go away against Kentucky. I thought Kentucky would just blow them out in the second half. They didn't. Spread was minus 18, plus 18 win for St. Peter's. What a game that was. That's my weekly favorite this week. St. Peter's dug at it. Shaheen Allway, what a coach. What a program. St. Pierre's probably going to get some program renovations after this season. St. Pierre's a great basketball team this season. Did you expect this? I don't think anybody did. Leave your answer in the comments section. That's about for my weekly favorite this week. Say it with me. It's the season of baseball, everybody. We got top five right here right now. It's the top five teams in the MLB heading into the season. Let me say this right here. MLB is the toughest sport to predict because you can pick a team to make the World Series in the NL and they can end up being last now. Some people, I mean, last year were taking the Rockies or two years ago to make the World Series and they end up being one of the worst teams. Always People always pick the Mets just because they're stacked. I'm going to have the Mets in my top five right here, but let's hop into it. My top five teams in the MLB. Number five. The Los Angeles Angels, or should I say the Anaheim Angels. Noah Syndergaard, who they signed in the offseason. They need pitching. Now they show Otani and Noah Syndergaard. That's a great duo right there. They got Mike Trout, the best player maybe of all time in baseball right now, of course. And this is going to be a stacked team. I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs finally this year, where they're in the same division as the Athletics, who are decreasing right now without Bob Melvin. And they're in the same division as the Astros, decreasing a little bit right now after making the World Series last year. But I got the Angels as the fifth best team in the MLB. Let's go over to number four. The Chicago White Sox, everybody. I was so high on the White Sox last year. Tim Anderson, your mean Mercedes. I mean, Jose O'Brien, rating MVP. I mean, uh, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, you name it. They were a great team last year. They had some great pitchers. I mean, Dallas Keuchel, that was a great team last year, uh, the Chicago White Sox. But they're more experienced this year. Eloy Jimenez, more experienced. They're going to get full season out of Luis Robert. 
I mean, Tim Harrison just got improved. Jose Abreu is going to play better. I don't even know if you're me or say he's on the White Sox anymore. But the White Sox, my opinion, are the fourth best team now, but be one of the most well-rounded rosters in baseball. I got the Chicago White Sox as the fourth best team in MLB. Number three, my New York Mets. Yes, New York Mets, third best team in MLB. Every year I pick the Mets in my top five, but this year they finally have every single piece of the puzzle. They have Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think four of the five last Cy Youngs have been won by either Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom. That's why I see right there. Jacob DeGrom, one back-to-back Cy Youngs, and Max Scherzer, one back-to-back Cy Youngs, being almost simultaneously. That was amazing to see right there. Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, two of the arguably best pitchers in baseball, both in the same rotation now, add all-star Tywin Walker in there. This is going to be a great team. Letting Mark Stroman walk wasn't a bad decision. Now you got Chris Bass mixed in there. He's an all-star caliber player. It's a really, really good team, in my opinion, for the Mets. Those are three guaranteed wins, maybe even four in that rotation right there. That's a great team. This is a great team, in my opinion. My New York Mets are the third best team in baseball. Number two, the Boston Red Sox. Alex Verdugo. I mean, it's a crazy thing about Two years ago, they were the fourth worst team in baseball, and they had top four pick. They took Marcelo Meyer, who maybe got to the bigs this year, but now they got Alex Verdugo. They got some great pitching pieces. I mean, they just got Trevor Story. This is a really, really good team, in my opinion. I got the Boston Red Sox at number two. Now, number one, I don't have the reigning champs I hear that Atlanta Braves. I don't, even though they got Matt Olson and the Ferry Free Milwaukee. I don't have the reigning champs I hear. My number one pick in baseball, maybe of all time, this could be, I'm saying could be, not it will be, this could be the greatest lineup of all time. Yeah, Corey Bellin- uh, Cody Bellinger. I mean, one of the best hitters the past five years from won two MVPs in the past five years. Bang at the seventh spot right now, you'd say. Chris Taylor, one of the best utility men in baseball. Freddie Freeman mixed in there. Mookie Betts, one of the best players in baseball. This is a stacked team, in my opinion. The One of the best teams in baseball. The best team in baseball. Number one team in baseball going in to 2022 season is Los Angeles Dodgers. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Do you agree with my top five? If you don't, leave your top five in the comment section. We just saw two of the biggest blockbuster trades in NFL history, and they're both by quarterbacks. They're both four quarterbacks. Sean Watson going over to the Browns when it seemed like the Browns were either running, and he was a clear-cut favorite for the Falcons. Russell Wilson going over to the Broncos. That was just a shocker. The day of Aaron Rodgers signing, everything like that. That was just great to see right there. Russell Wilson going over to the Broncos. But who won that deal? Was it the Seahawks or was it the Denver Broncos? I'm going to go out and say the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't think the Denver Broncos make the Super Bowl next year. I don't think they make the conference championship next year. They may not even make the divisional round next year. I think they maybe finished third or fourth in that division because that's a really, really good division. Now, obviously, Kansas City is going to finish one. I'm going to argue that Las Vegas finishes number two with Devontae Adams going to be the best, uh, biggest threat Derek Carr has had ever, maybe in this whole entire football career. Yeah, Max Crosby coming off the edge. And just, I mean, this Chandler Jones coming off the other edge. This is going to be a really, really good team next year. I think this is the clear-cut second-best team in that division. Las Vegas is second-best team in that division. And it's a toss-up between Los Angeles Chargers and Denver Broncos. I might even say Chargers. This is going to be a really rough year for Broncos, in my opinion. I mean, one of these teams in the division is, is going to slip up. You're not getting all four teams in the playoffs from that division. If all of them go 11-7, and 10-7, you're not making that playoffs. Okay, You're not getting to the playoffs as a 10-17. I don't think Denver Broncos do. But I still do think Denver Broncos won this deal. I mean, only had to give up two first-round picks. Browns had to give up three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson, which also is a good deal because Browns needed a franchise quarterback. Okay, Baker Mayfield, they thought he was their Cleveland savior, everything like that. They thought Johnny Manziel was their savior. They thought Tim Couch was their savior. How about let's not draft a guy who's never played a game in the NFL? How about we get a guy who's proven to be an MVP caliber player, who's proven to make the Pro Bowl almost every year of his NFL career? Let's take on him. Give up three first-round picks. It's worth it, everybody. This is a great deal. They got Miles Garrett now. I mean, this I mean Miles Garrett's re-upped everything like that for the Cleveland Browns. Sean Watson, I mean, t- 
top 10 quarterback in the NFL, top five, you could argue. This is a very, very good team, in my opinion. Again, $230 million. Is he worth it? Leave it in the comments section. But I think the Browns won this deal against the Texans. Texans had to get rid of him, and they got a lot of draft compensation for that, got a lot of draft capital. And Seahawks had to move uh, Russell Wilson. But I think they could have got more uh, for that deal, in my opinion. I think Broncos definitely... Didn't give them much they should have. I think Seahawks, Seahawks, maybe got a little bit robbed there. Texans, Browns is a little bit more fair deal in my opinion. That's my thoughts on the Sean Watson, Russell Wilson trades. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, I didn't know by this week's day, you know, it's a go. Didn't know the great Bambino, Babe Ruth, all-time great hitter, 344 average as a hitter, one of the greatest of all time. But as a pinch hitter, 13 of 67, 167 average. Now, that's not great, everybody. That's one of the worst averages ever. But if you're pinch hitting, maybe Babe Ruth didn't like hitting on off days. That's probably the case right there, given his reputation. But didn't know Babe Ruth, all-time great hitter, terrible pinch hitter. Didn't know that. Leave that in the comment section. That's about for didn't know this week. Now, this is time for our segment, March Madness Mayhem. And there's been so much chaos so, so far in that celebratory. But like I said, St. Peter's stuck not Kentucky in the first round. Iowa, who a bunch of people had making in the Final Four, losing to Richmond in the first round. I mean, Fran McCaffrey, the most overrated coach in college basketball. Maybe you could say him or John Calpar. That's a toss-up right there. But let's hop into top five players so far of the NCAA tournament. So the players remaining. So I'm talking about uh, teams remaining. So I'm talking about Michigan, Miami, Iowa State, Kansas, all these teams. Let's opt it to it. Number five, I got Charlie Moore of Miami. His sixth year in college basketball, his fourth school, landing at Miami, make the Sweet 16. Won that game for them. USC closed out the game for them there. Beat Auburn. What a game that was. He's a great leader, Charlie Moore. Fifth best player left so far in the NCAA tournament, Charlie Moore. Number four, Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey at Purdue. I mean, it was 74-71. A couple, I mean, like 30 seconds left in that Texas game. Hits a stack back three dagger to add Texas, Texas season. Chris Beard, like I said, never, ever lose in the first round. He did. He won that game in the first round. But then he loses in the second round to Purdue, which, I mean, that was, wasn't that uh, pick right there. But Purdue advancing over to Sweet 16, which I did have. I have Jaden Ivey. I mean, it's going to be a top five pick when it comes to June in the NBA draft. Jaden Ivey, fourth best player so far left in the NCAA uh, basketball tournament. I got Jaden Ivey. He's the fourth best player in the NCAA tournament. Number three, Tyrese Hunter of Iowa State. So far, his play has been outstanding. If you're talking about players left the tournament, you can maybe put Chad Holgren out over one who's going to be an NBA prospect. But how they've played so far in the tournament, I got Tyrese Hunter at number three. But Tyrese Hunter hit the dagger logo shot against LSU. Had a great game against Wisconsin to beat them. That was, I mean, in Wisconsin to beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin at 3C. That's why I see right there. 11 seed and 10 seed playing the Sweet 16. That's just great madness right there to see. But I got Tyree Center as the third best player left so far in the tournament. Number two, my guy, my man, Hunter Dickinson of Michigan, the best center in the country, you could say. Hunter Dickinson has gotten off for Michigan so far. Had 20 points in that first round against Colorado State and dominate John Fulkerson, dominate Tennessee in that second round, round 32. I had Michigan making the Sweet 16. They did, everybody. People said, no, no, no. Michigan's going to get smoked by Tennessee. They're going to get steamrolled by Tennessee. No, no, no. I'm not Michigan Wolverines. Eli Brooks, fifth-year senior. Hunter Dickinson, sophomore. Making the Sweet 16. Hunter Dickinson, second-best player so far of the NCAA tournament. And number one, power forward of Gonzaga. I'll have one of the best tournaments last year. If they, and probably would have won most of that same player of the tournament last year if they won NCAA tournament last year, lost in championship. But I got Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, number one. Drew Timmy dropped 32 points. That first game dropped 25 against Memphis. I mean, almost single-handedly brought them back in that Memphis game. Drew Timmy has played outstanding so far in this tournament for Mark Few for Gonzaga. It turns up when it's tournament time. turns up when it's March. That's Drew Timmy. Those are my top five players of the NCAA tournament so far. Now, let's hop into 
my picks for the Sweet 16. Now, I got Michigan versus Villanova, the first matchup of the Sweet 16. Now, this is a bit of a funny coincidence right here. The last time Michigan Villanova played in that celebrity tournament, it was in San Antonio, and it was in the National Championship game. Now, this game's in San Antonio. It's in the National Championship game. Only two players from those teams are Eli Brooks, starting shooting guard for Michigan, and Colin Gillespie, starting point guard for Villanova. But I got my Michigan Wolverines beating number two team Villanova. I think Hunter Dickinson has another great game right here. I think Eli Brooks plays well in this game. I got my Michigan Wolverines winning almost handily. I got my Michigan Wolverines winning 78-64 over Villanova Wildcats. I got Michigan into the lead eight. Now, Gonzaga versus Arkansas. This is going to be a good game. J.D. Note, one of the best guards in the country. But then Gonzaga, Chet Holmgren, Drew Timmy. Too much for Gonzaga to handle. Watch out for uh, Andrew Dampart in this game. I got Gonzaga advancing to the lead eight. Well, I had them playing Duke. I have Duke being Texas Tech. Now, a lot of people had this week's 16 matchup Duke-Texas Tech. But a lot of people were taking Texas Tech because that good defense. I think A.J. Griffin. I think Mark Williams. I think if, if A.J. Griffin's healthy, I think Duke wins this game. I think he is. I mean, this can be a good game for Duke. Paolo Boncare, one of the best players in the country. Could be the number one overall draft pick. Once all said and done. So I got Duke in the lead eight where they will play Gonzaga. We're going to pick that game next week's episode where, I mean, that'll just be a fun game. Now, Houston, Arizona. Houston, one of the best defenses in the country. Beat Illinois, which I did not expect to happen. And we got Arizona, who's barely survived against not ACTCU. So I have Arizona winning this match against Houston. Very, very, very close. Team's pretty close, I mean, geography-wise, everything like that. But this is going to be a good matchup, in my opinion. I got Arizona winning 71-67 to over Houston Cougars. I got Houston not making it to the lead eight this year. Houston made the Final Four last year. I've been losing in the Sweet 16 this year. Give me Arizona advancing over to the lead eight. St. Peter's Purdue. Oh, St. Peter's. Shaheen Holloway. Doug Eddard. I have you guys losing to Purdue. I think Purdue wins this squad pretty big. I'll go 84 to uh, 67. Give me uh, Jane Nivey, Travion Williams, Zachy, one of the best tires in the country. Purdue Boilermakers rolling over St. Peter's. Give me Purdue into the Elite Eight. North Carolina, UCLA. Now, this was a schedule map that was supposed to have in Las Vegas earlier in the season, but it didn't. COVID restrictions for UCLA canceled that game. UCLA struggled a little bit in the first round against Akron, but they steamrolled. St. Mary's in that second round. Jaime Hawkins did come down with injury that game, though. That's the thing to watch out for right there. Now, John Juzang's biggest strength is he can't, nobody can counter him, but Brady Mack can counter him. That was one of the best tournament games of all time, you could say. Kelly there, what great comeback, overtime, everything like that. But Armando Baycott, Brady Mack, too much for UCLA to handle. I have North Carolina's lead eight. I had North Carolina losing the Sweet 16 originally in my bracket to UCLA, but I have them making the lead eight now over UCLA. Province, Kansas, Kansas, my national championship pick. Kansas makes it over to the Elite Eight. Iowa State, Miami. This is an interesting Sweet 16 matchup. One of the worst seeding Sweet 16 matchups you ever you could say. It's 10 versus 11 seeds. It's a little bit interesting thing right there. But I got Iowa State beating Miami in this one. Miami, a good team, but I got Iowa State. TJ Olselberger in his first season as the Iowa State head coach coming over from South Dakota State. It's a really good match, in my opinion. This is going to be a fun matchup. Jalen Rega, a good coach from Miami. He's been there for years. Charlie Morris, Red ends here. Tyrese Hunter, maybe it's another dagger in this game. But I got... Iowa State advancing over to the lead eight. That's about my picks on Sweet 16. That's about from March Madness Mayhem. We'll be back here next week when the Final Four is set. So that time of year, everybody. It's mock draft season, NFL draft. Very short away at the end of April, almost and coming up in a month there. But that's gonna be an amazing event, one of the best events of the year. NFL draft, top three events of the year, you could say. NFL draft, March Madness, NBA draft. I mean, some top events going on right now. March Madness coming up. Um, March Madness going on right now. They got the NFL draft coming up in the month. NBA draft going on June. But this guy, this is gonna be a great draft, in my opinion. This is one of the weirdest drafts of all time, you could say. Last year, you knew who the top three picks were gonna be. At least you had a relative idea. This year, it's all over the place. It's gonna be Malik Willis number one. Is it gonna be this? Is it gonna be that? 
Is Malik Willis going to go number two? Is Trayvon Walker going to be the number one overall pick? Let's up. Here's my top five picks for the NFL for my mock draft. My mock draft, top five picks. Let's up. Number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. They don't need an offensive line since they just shined Brandon Scherf in free agency. So I got Aiden Hutchinson, my Michigan Wolverines, being the number one overall draft pick as a Michigan Wolverine fan. As the biggest Michigan Wolverine fan in the world, this will make me so happy seeing Hutchinson go number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he fits Doug Pearson's defensive scheme. This is a good team. Uh, this could be a good team in my opinion next to the Jaguars. They got Christian Kirk a free agency. Maybe lay over pay for him a little bit. This could be a borderline seven eight win team next year. Trevor Lawrence uh, shows up and plays well. But I got Aiden Hutchinson as the number one player in this draft. Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall to Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two, the Lions. Who do they take? Do they take Malik Willis? I don't think they take Malik Willis right here. They had number 32 pick in the draft if he's still available. Then, then you probably take the, take him. But next year is going to be an all-time quarterback draft class. You got Bryce Young coming in. You got C.J. Stroud coming in. D.J. Wongale coming in. That's going to be a great class. Maybe wait until next year to take quarterback. Maybe roll Jared Goff again. I got Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau going number two overall to the Detroit Lions. Freak athlete. Maybe the best overall player in this draft. I got Kayvon Thibodeau, one of the most talented players in this draft, going number two overall to Detroit Lions. Number three, the Houston Texans. Lovey Smith. This is an interesting matchup right here, in my opinion. But I got Trayvon Walker going from Georgia to Houston, Texas. I was thinking about maybe taking Kyle Hamilton here because, I mean, Lovey Smith came from Illinois, likes his college football players a little bit more. Uh, doesn't I mean, he likes his East Coast college football players. But I think he goes down to the South, picks up Trayvon Walker. A little bit of an unfamiliar prospect here. A lot of people are very high on Trayvon Walker now. Defensive edge, Trayvon Walker going number three overall, two. Houston, Texas. Now, number four, New York Jets. I think New York Jets take safety from Notre Dame, like I just said. Cal Hamilton, at number four overall. Robert Sala likes his safety. So, I mean, they, I don't think they take Sauce Gardner here. I don't think they take Drake London here, who a lot of people haven't taken. That'd be just be, I mean, outrageous. They have number 10 overall pick in this draft. You don't take a wide receiver at number four if you have a, wire, if you have a pick at number 10. Thank you, either Garrick Wilson or uh, Drake London there. But I got Cal Hamilton going number four overall to New York Jets. Now, the New York Giants, who do they take? I got Icky. Cornu going over to my New York Giants, Ikem Okwudu, whatever you want to call them. New York Giants, a very, very good team they could be next year with these additions. I mean, Joe Shane has put together a great roster. Don't mess up, Joe Shane. Maybe the best overall player in this draft. Maybe the best overall offensive line in this draft. I haven't ranked over Evan Neal. Ikem Okwudu ranked over Evan Neal. You could say, oh, maybe he could be number one overall pick or he could be number five. I got New York Giants taking Ikem Okwudu at number five overall pick. That's about for my mock draft this week. That's about for sports, sports scouting for this week. Stay tuned for that overall draft. Coming up in the month, we're going to do some more mock drafts rolling out next couple episodes. Stay tuned. Now, the best for last at the buzzer. This week's at the buzzer is why I think the Brooklyn Nets could win the East if Kevin Durant chooses to want to win the East. Last year, full on the line, everything like that, he could have taken over in overtime. He could have taken over when James Harden and Kyrie Irving got hurt, but no, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's why they didn't make the conference finals last year. That's why they didn't make the finals last year. That would be interesting to see. But Brooklyn Nuts, good, better team this year, in, in my opinion. You could say Patty Mills, one of the best three-point shooters this season. Seth Curry, one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. Kevin Durant, great player. They go on weird stretches, that team. I mean, they played Jazz the other night. Kevin Durant went off 14-0 run by himself. But then they kind of kind of slip a little bit. They gave up three, open threes to Jordan Clarkson, Dolph Mitchell. Not the best defensive team. But they get Ben Smith back for the playoffs. So they get into a seven-game series. Western Eastern Conference finals against... The Philadelphia 76ers. And it's game seven in Philadelphia. Hey, theoretically, 
Kyrie Irving could play in that game. That's a lot to see right there. Kyrie Irving, a very, very good player. Dropped 60-41 the first half. He had some magic a couple of weeks ago. I mean, what a game that was. Kyrie Irving, one of the most talented players in the NBA, but we're being robbed of seeing him, and that's Kyrie Irving's fault, in my opinion. But a lot of stuff going on in the air now. That's why I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the East. They might not even be a playing team. That'd be crazy to see right there, but probably have to play in the play and might have to play in Miami Heat. That's a very, very winnable matchup, in my opinion, in Game 7 series. That'd be a terrible matchup for the Miami Heat, in my opinion. That's my at the bus this week. That's my hot take. Well, I think the Brooklyn Nets will win these. Do you think the Brooklyn Nets win these? I think the Boston Celtics win these. They definitely could. That'd be awesome to see right there. But leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for at the bus this week. Now, question there, but this week's question is, who do you think any double-digit seed will make Final for this year? Now, we got St. Peter's, 15 seeds still left in the tournament. We got Michigan, 11 seeds still left in the tournament. Iowa State, 10 seed left in the tournament. And then Miami, 11 seeds still left in the tournament. Do you think any of these seeds make the Final Four? Leave your answer in the comments section. That's about for question this week. That's about for Squared Sports with Land Frank, episode 72. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sports. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the best sports content. And we'll be back here next week, episode 73. Stay tuned.